snakes and stones. The stones were always in her right pocket. Her left pocket was free for the apple she hoped to steal on the way to school from the blind man's garden. He sat in front of his orchard, in front of the wall, on the sagging wooden bench in the early morning sunlight. He was always asleep, leaning on his crooked stick and snoring softly. She was twelve, and he was as creased and bruised as the apples that lay wasted on the ground before him. And she was always hungry. The apples were piled in small hills of rose and red and sun-blessed gold beneath the sagging branches. She left home at seven and walked the three miles to school. She lived the furthest away and walked and walked each day until she reached the school-shattered playground, where the bombs had dropped and the snipers had hidden in the rubble and twisted metal all that was left of the tennis courts and summer house. The school still stood, a castle in a field of rubble. She walked through the broken playground each day, feeling the eyes and rifles tracing her as she walked down and up through the craters filled with mud and water. Past the last of summer's flowers, past the fractured boating lake and under the old wooden fence, splintered unevenly into pointing fingers of blame and justice. The crude graffiti scrawled on the remaining post reminded her of her own broken family. Belief and religion split into the blood and bread of war. On this morning, though, the first in October, she had left home feeling different. Her grandparents had slept in, and she had made the fire herself. After tidying her hair, she had made the porridge with water from the broken well. She grabbed her school bag and walked across the kitchen. Unlatching the door as quietly as she could, she slipped out onto the lane that ran behind the crumbling wall of their garden. Naturally, her two cats followed her for a while, stealthily accompanying her through the long shadows of early morning. She held the stones tightly in her pocket, pressing them against her thigh in a fistful of anger. For she had dreamed again of snakes. It was a walk she knew, and she played the game of eyes, eyes closed, often. She would walk, you see, and close her eyes, screwing them tight and then imagining where she would be when she opened them again. And she was nearly always right. Maybe the lane was as much in her as outside of her, like the snakes. For fear, she had learned, was both a feeling and a place, a place she walked through each day and slept with at night. When she opened her eyes for a fifth time, she knew where she stood. A smell of apples and a soft whispering of dried leaves and the sound of his snoring. His eyes were closed as she stepped closer to him. She could smell his breath. Garlic and cider and rosemary all reminded her of her father. But this was not him. This was the owner of the apple she wanted, the apple she hungered for in the middle of the day. She walked away, holding the stones tighter in her hand. She could feel the snakes tighten across her belly too. And another school day, 
feeling empty inside. And then, for no reason, abruptly she turned around and threw the stones at his feet and screamed at him, It's not fair, not even one, you ogre. Never have I stolen even one, not one. You sit there like a guard, yes, like a guard. He opened his slow eyes and stared at her through the mucus that ran from the corners and sleepily answered, Yes, I am, as you say. Why, why, never, not even one from the floor. You leave them to rot every single year. She yelled the words at him, anger at the war, her missing parents and her long walk to school and the hole of nests in her stomach, all combining to fire her heart to fury. He sat and stirred, neither seeing or hearing, just dumb. She felt her words falling, falling like apples bruised and battered on the cracked country lane, for he didn't move. He didn't say anything. You're just a big fat apple, she thought, and turned to walk away. You never asked, did you? You never once asked as you walked past. She spun round at his words. His voice choked and spluttered as if his mouth was full of stones. What do you mean? She managed to say, her voice struggling to hide her inner confusion. Behind you, on the other side of the road, my dear, only until yesterday. His voice breaking as he tried to spit out the words that rattled behind his missing teeth. A nest of them, a nest of them, hidden and waiting and pointing at me. She turned and looked into the bushes, noticing for the first time the patches of a grey concrete wall behind the willows. I, I couldn't move. They were waiting. Every day a soldier's eyes pointing their rifles at me. He continued. They shot anyone who passed this way, and me, if I so much as said a word. And you, had I said you could take them. He paused, tears rolling heavily from his eyes, dropping like raindrops on the stones at his feet. He slowly turned, indicating with his stick the orchard over his shoulder. The yours now. Let me fill your pack with apples to take to your friends at school. Our war, finally, is over. And theirs too. <laughs>